Kia This program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Wellington Access Radio, make your voice heard. Kia Wellington. You're listening to Wellington Access Radio 106.1 FM, and this is B-Side Stories, stories of the people who make Wellington tick. My name's Laura. My name's Sapir, everyone. Welcome to the show. Hey, Sapir, just swooping into the studio at the last minute. Yeah, oops. <laughs> you know when you get the blocks of Cuba Street confused and you think, oh, I'm right there, and then you go one extra block. <laughs> yep, that's what happened today. Um, that's a little embarrassing, but thank you for <laughs> revealing that. Uh, Sapir, this is like our jazz festival special show. It's such a good thing. Um, anyone who knows me knows I'm obsessed with the jazz festival. I like block out the whole week. I don't make plans with anyone except jazz festival shows. <laughs> so to be able to bring some of that nerdiness to B-Side Stories is a real thrill. So who are you chatting to in the second half? In the second half, we will have an interview with Eilish Wilson, who is not only an incredible saxophonist um, and a member of many, many bands, um, one of which is Raw Collective, which some Wellingtonians might be familiar with. Nice. Um, she's also... A very, um, I guess, a philosophical musician, and is participating in a in a corridor in a panel talk during the jazz festival about gender and women in jazz. So we took a bit of time to talk about that, um, and it's yeah, she's just a great member of the jazz community to get to know. Ooh, the jazz festival! It's not just great music; it's also panel discussions. Yeah, I hadn't heard of such a thing before, so I was really curious about it. But it seems to be like a the beginning of something beautiful. Ah, that's yeah. So many educational opportunities. Uh, so the jazz festival starts tomorrow, the sixth of June, and it goes for only five days. Five days. So now is your chance to get out and see as much jazz, swing, funk, and soul as you can. Um, and in the first half of the show, the great jazz drummer and our hometown hero. <laughs> um, Miley Manzanza is performing in two shows in this year's Jazz Festival, one show with his trio and another with an ensemble called The Eclectic. Thank you for coming on B-Sides. Oh, thank you for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Um, it's, good, it's good to know that there's folks out there that are, that are getting excited about the festival as much as I am. You know, it's, it's cool because... Yeah. I get to see some of my heroes, like um, some of the internationals that they brought over, like Chris Dave has been a big drum influence of mine for the years, and nice. I really love Christian McBride's music as well, and some of the members of his band of, um, you know, are really exciting musicians in their own right as well. So it's um, it's going to be a pretty good year, I think. This this year, the Jazz Festival, I, th- I think their lineup's maybe the best they've had in my memory. That, cool. that, that's just me speaking. But, okay, cool. Yeah. So as a, as a jazz drummer, uh-huh. um, how big is the Wellington Jazz Festival on your calendar? It's, it's pretty big. I mean, as far as a New Zealand thing, it's definitely, like, I mean, for me as a drummer, but for most of the musicians in Wellington, I think everyone's schedule is ridiculously booked out this week. I mean, I know they have something like 150 shows across the whole thing so everyone's working right now which is great because um if if this week was like the average of everyone's year then this music scene would be incredibly healthy (laughs) and vibrant and not to say it's not incredibly healthy and vibrant but like 
it's a it's a pretty good week to be a musician in Wellington, that's for sure. Right. Do you think it is healthy and vibrant, or what's I th- I the think, difference? I think, th- as far as the artists, yes. Nice. As far as the infrastructure and, for lack of a better words, the economic ecosystem to make it work, um, you do have to think abroad. I've found. Yes. Yes. I mean, I mean, you can. What 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 often like there's. There's different kind of paths that you can take, and you know every every musician's path is different. Uh, what a lot of musicians do, they would, um, you know, get get to a, a point of ability where they're gigging semi regularly and um, teach a bit, and maybe tour New Zealand every once in a while. Maybe have the occasional tour outside of New Zealand, um, and it kind of works for them. I mean, for for me. I don't, I don't, for for whatever reason, my path has kind of um, gotten to a place where I'm more interested in, as opposed to playing every single gig I can in order to make ends meet. I do have other work outside of music, and when it comes to my musical work, I like to focus on stuff where I can, even if it's not my own project, sort of have my own sound in there. Sure. Where, where, like have some, something where I can have my own voice. Often that does mean my own projects because I'm composing the material and picking the musicians and have, whilst everyone's sort of creatively putting ideas in there, it's um, it's a framework that I set and that helps me as an artist to kind of find my own Neat. thing, which is a thing that's important to me. Yeah. Um, and and you know there's it's it, there's no right or wrong way to do it, but um, I, I would say for me in, in my journey of trying to like be a quote-unquote original artist. I do have to think internationally. There's only so much of a, that a country with a population of 4 million or so can do to sustain something relatively niche. Yeah, so when you talk about um, pulling things together and creating different sounds that you're looking for, t- talk about the two shows that you've put together for the Jazz mm-hmm. Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, I think I, I'm really lucky in that I get to have a format where I can express two sides of my um, artistic interest, which are both very important to me. So the first show, which is on Thursday at Meow, is um, with the Miami Manzanza Trio. And for this, I've, I've flown over from New York, an incredible, virtuoso, stunning, amazingly talented pianist called Matthew Sheens. Um, he lives in New York. He's from Adelaide, but he's lived in New York for most of his adult life, so he's... He, feels like a American, I guess, for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. And um, he, I, how, would I, how would I put this? He's kind of like, um, I've worked with him a bunch in the Ross McHenry trio, and our, um, our sixth sense kind of clicked in very quickly between each other musically, like, um, like whether it's sort of the rhythmic interplay or the kind of builds of energy or the um, general approach to improvising and playing with form and structure, we kind of related really quickly and connected really quickly and have been able to play over the years with the Ross McHenry Trio. So when this opportunity came to um, do my own thing, I was like, okay, I've got to get Matthew in. You know, it's the, it's the jazz festival. I get to put on my own show. Let's, let's try and make something a little special, which, cool. is, which is good for me, and it's going to be great for the audiences too because, you know, Wellington doesn't... You know, to get to get the... Wellington has plenty of great musicians in it, but, you know, to get someone from overseas to come and do their thing is a special thing, and it's definitely, like, Matthew's a very special musician. Absolutely. Um, my second show is Miley Manzanza and the Eclectic, 
Now, the eclectic, I guess, is where I express my love for um, dance music and hip-hop music. Um, and like music which is more groove-oriented and is more about, like, um, I guess it's more the beat-maker side of me um, expressed in a live band format. And that, it's really cool because it's... Um, a lot of it features a really brilliant singer called Rachel Fraser, who's got an amazing voice and tone and style. And then on top of that, I've got a lineup of really incredible um, local musicians who are incredible artists in their own right and have all kind of come together to help me recognise my uh, these pieces, which I probably started in Logic, which is like a music software thing, and sort of been in the box on the computer making beats and that kind of thing. And then expressing that live is a special thing, and it takes on its own character. And so these musicians are really good at like finding finding that. Have you performed with the eclectic before? Several times, yeah. Um, we've done we've we've played in Wellington a few times. We've been to South Korea, been to Australia at least twice. Cool. Um, I think we we did Womad recently, uh, maybe like two years ago. Awesome. And um, those those shows went really well. So, yeah, I've had the um, opportunity to play a bunch with uh, that collective of musicians over the years, and we've developed a repertoire, which is um, like a repertoire and a chemistry, which is a really fun thing to be able to do, and I'm really privileged to be able to do it. Yeah, it sounds like, especially when you talk about working with Matthew Sheens, mm. that chemistry becomes so important mm. uh, when making th- yeah. this kind of music. It's exactly, and I think that's the that's the special thing with jazz compared to other musics. Well, I, 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 I tread carefully there, but um, <laughs> it's so much of it is about the chemistry that's happening right there in the moment on the stage at that moment. And you can rehearse to a degree, like you, and, you know, and I have been rehearsing, of course. We don't just come up there and fly blind. But the magic happens and, like, the sort of creative compositional energy happens right there in the moment. And to do that in the moment requires a good chemistry between musicians. So it's not only um, having musicians who know everything they need to know about music and can play their asses off. It's about having musicians that click. So um, when you find musicians like that that can click, it's a special thing, and you've got to um, you know, make the most of uh, any opportunity you can to get that because it's, um, without wanting to sound too new age, airy-fairy, it's borderline the meaning of life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, know, to find, to, you know, the connections between people. Yeah. Um, and that's such a good thing about music, and it's such a joyous way to live. Sure. So yeah, when you reached out to uh, these other amazing musicians, some from overseas, was it easy to bring them, bring them together for the for the festival? Yes, um, it did require. Uh, there is some right place, right time here. So I mean, obviously, to fly someone from New York, there is a flight cost of you know about ballpark two k, a little bit over two k. So that that's definitely a cost that. Um, need some support and um, so I'm lucky that, that the Wellington Jazz Festival has kind of gotten behind this one mm. um, and, and so hypothetically if I was purely self-promoting my own show I wouldn't have the budget to bring a musician from that far away to do it yeah. um, so there's so that that's a part of it um, also there is schedules for people like especially in this Wellington Jazz Festival week I'm sure um, any of the musicians you'll talk to will tell you that um, to get a band together, you've had to have booked like several months in advance and get your rehearsal schedule planned several months in advance and everything because everyone's kind of booking out quickly. So like, I know I've, I've got, aside from my own shows, I've got maybe 
five gigs in total, um, and that would be on the relatively small to medium end. Like some people are doing maybe, I know I know of people who have had four shows every night who have had to cancel stuff because it was just going to be too much. Wow. Um, so it's a it's a it's a busy time, and the logistics of um, scheduling, especially with something like the eclectic, which is like a seven to eight piece band. You know, there's lots of moving parts there that kind of need to lock in. So that does take some time and planning to kind of get in place. But aside from that, once you have that in line, then it uh, it does seem to come together it, relatively magically. Great. Yeah. I'm glad you took the time to bring it all together. Thank you. Um, is it fun to play the drums? Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, it's... How would I, 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 that, answer, that question obviously deserves a better answer than yes. It's... Um, to play the drums... And well, to play any instrument, but the drums in particular are a very physical instrument. So there's a lot of um, body movement that happens, and a lot of um, mind-body relationship stuff that you need to develop. Mm-hmm. Like when it comes to the physical technique, um, what one of the things I really enjoy about the process of um, developing the technique on the drums is that is that mastery of um, nature. And when I say nature, I mean like the laws of nature. By that, I mean laws of physics. By that, I mean when you strike a drum, there is the physical, every, every single muscle that comes into play, you know, you have to get to learn that. So your mind has to learn like a good sort of motion and that kind of thing. Okay. And then once you strike the drum with a stick, there's a rebound that happens. So when you, you know, it bounces like a, like a tennis ball. And... One, like with all the drummers that have great technique, the reason that they're able to like execute things which seem sort of mind-blowingly fast or um, dexterous is because there's like this mastery of the rebound and like sort of letting the natural uh, laws of physics kind of take place in a way where you put in the least effort for the maximum result. So it's quite easy to play once once you get your technique together. It's really it's relatively easy to play something which seems amazingly fast because the stick is doing like at least half the work Gra- or gravity is doing half the work or maybe mm. more. So there's this process to, which takes a while to get there. But once you get there, it kind of feels, um, uh, how would I describe it? It, it not, not out of body, but it's, um, it's, it's like you're at one with nature when it's all happening. Right. And, and you, when you first sort of get like a control of that, the stick bounce and the way your body moves, it's kind of it's kind of like your body. The oh, I'm, I'm going to ramble on. The physics <laughs> of your body has a nature, right? It, it, there's limitations, or and there's there's limitations to what you can do, but there's also um, there's the opposite side of that, which is there's a lot of things that you can do within the limitations of your body, and so yeah. there's a, a process of getting to know yourself physically which the drums is quite good for. Yes. Um, so, so that kind of side is quite interesting. And then on top of that, to play, to get all of that side of things down within your mind and body connections and then share that with other musicians where you're creating something is a pretty special thing as well. Like when a group of musicians locks together, you know, it's like an unstoppable force when you have like a good rhythm section that has a really driving pulse. Mm. It's like, you know, it's going to, you can move the world with that kind of connection. You know, all the, you know, the Rolling Stones move the world or um, any great band with a great 
rhythmic pulse that locks in together can move the world. Yeah, and amazing. And it's, it's a pretty amazing thing. So that, that side of things is fun, definitely. Is that um, that sort of physicality of playing the drums, did that draw you to it initially? Or what was it that brought you to drumming? Um, so my father is a is a musician and so music and rhythmic music was around from a very young age so it was sort of I guess it it wasn't it was something that was just in my life as opposed to something that I had to overtly come to Um, when I was about 14 I decided to get a bit more I, I decided to start playing the drum kit and when I was 16 I decided to start taking music a bit more seriously so in that sense I'm a little bit of a late bloomer but um because I had music around it was kind of the language was kind of in there inherently um i think as far as like what brought me to drums and and maybe the drum kit in particular because Mm. your father is a drummer as well but yeah he's a a percussionist he doesn't play drum kit so much i think well i think part of it is um like music, music generally, not just drumming, but music is kind of where, like I, I identify very much as a New Zealander. Like I, I grew up here. My friends are here. The culture that I know is Wellington, secular, semi-liberal leaning culture. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's its own mm-hmm. thing. Um, and as far as connecting to my African heritage, for lack of a better word, music is like the most direct access point that I have to that. And whilst I, um, you know, I also grew up in the age of hip hop and electronica and all of that stuff got, kind of got me excited about music in the first place and kind of informs my, like still informs my style. Yeah. Um, to play the drums, in a sense, is um, there's an ancestral thing in there Neat. which I'm still sort of trying to unpick and figure out and, and it kind of over the years sort of recognising I'm moving more towards I suppose yeah. and, and you know maybe in a few years I'll, I'll have a more um, eloquent answer around around that specific side of things that's but, neat yeah. it sounds like you're still sort of exploring mm. what your musical style yep. and the things you can do with your music mm. um, I, I guess is that part of how you keep it interesting, or how do you keep your music new and fresh for you as a performer? Mm, um, I think, well, one of the things I've been enjoying over the last, say, two years in particular is kind of developing my compositional voice more. And by that I mean like sitting at a piano with some manuscript paper, messing around with different sounds and my my knowledge of piano and music theory isn't amazing but I like to I I have a I think I have an ear for sounds that feel good so I just mess around on a piano figuring out different chords and different melodies and try to find something which feels right and I write that down on a piece of manuscript paper and gradually piece by piece turn those into compositions which I then bring to a band and we play yeah and that process I've been finding is really interesting because um, I, I sort of, as far as like being a composer, I probably started more in like sort of electronic music, beat making, and that kind of thing. But I guess like now with the with the piano, I think maybe just that stripped back thing of just pure the pure range of musical notes and the combinations of those which make chords, and then 
the ways that you place them, which make rhythms, are a, a, an exciting... It's, I mean, it's so simple and it's so obvious, but it's something which I've been enjoying so much more lately. Not, and not only because it develops a compositional voice, but in presenting those compositions and playing them with the band, it develops my voice as a drummer as well. Because... Um, okay, so I've, this, we're going to extrapolate a bit, a bit further here, so bear oh, with I'm me. I'm with you. Okay. As a musician... Not, not well. Okay, as some musicians, when they get to a point, there's a question that arises of what is your sound, because every if you, you kind of figure out that all the musicians that you look up to have a distinctive thing which makes them sound like them. I mean, there are lots of great musicians who are great chameleons and can play in any style, and um, and a you know a great session musicians and you know provide a great service to the artists that they're p- performing with. But the guys that really sort of make a mark on history have a distinctive thing that no one else does. And the question will eventually come up, like, what is your distinctive thing? And for me, that question presented an existential crisis <laughs> for, for, for years. And, and to, to an extent still does. But you kind of, as you kind of gradually unpick that, it's like, I spent maybe the first couple of decades of my life absorbing information and, you know, like ha- like having some sense of style, but being a chameleon and absorbing as much stuff as I could. And then when it comes to what, what is your own sound, it's like, okay, well, you've got to strip all that stuff away because, you know, to have your own sound, you can't just be sounding like this drummer or that drummer or this composer or that composer. You've mm-hmm. got to find your own thing. And... And so, and so you, you, you sort of try and start from scratch and you try all these different avenues and it kind of, you probably knock your head into the wall a bunch of times. And then after a while, you kind of realize that in order to have your own sound, you already have your own sound. It's because to have your own sound, it's you. And it's, you, you, it's like in order to get there, it's, you don't work to your own sound. It's almost like you have to do the opposite of work. You have to like get out of the way. You have to mm. you have to work on letting go of all this baggage in order for the natural you to present itself. Mm. Um, and I found that so that that's that's one thing and, and I, I I recognize I'm sort of veering into sort of semi spiritual territory here. And maybe maybe it is, but you know, what you can take with that whatever whatever you like. But um, I found that when I'm composing, especially in a jazz format, I'm kind of, as opposed to, I guess I'm creating rooms like for, for things to exist within in the way that an architect builds a, a home which can function for, or a building which can function for whatever purposes, whether it's an office building or a home or a all the types of things that buildings could be used for, which is the whole gamut of everything. And so you, when you focus on like creating space or creating, creating a space for whatever the natural thing is to emerge, then the work that you're doing is less about you and it's more about creating space and then letting that space exist and just getting out of the way and, and letting whatever, happen, whatever happens happen within that space. And so... That process, which I've kind of found more in composition, has led to 
perhaps a what I feel is a more genuine, unique, original musical voice that I'm gradually starting to unravel now, more so than I was 10 years ago when I was all about practice, 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 got to get my chops up, got to, mm. got to sound like the hottest new guy. Why is this guy doing this? You know, I got to, you know, what, you know, what this thing's trending now, I got to do this thing. Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, that, that's, I mean, it's an easy trap to fall into and, and lots, and, and there's, it's a useful trap sometimes. You do learn stuff from it. But um, I think through the process of composition, I've been able to get out of my own way a bit more, which has helped me in order to helped me get to the place I was trying to get to in the first place anyway when I was like stressing out about trying to get to that place. Mm. So I, I, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> yeah. I may have forgotten the question. Yeah, it's uh, okay. No, that's, uh, that sounds like a great way to think about music mm. and uh, a very intriguing promo for uh, your gigs uh, in the coming week. I hope that they're yes. awesome. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and it, yeah, and as, as I was saying before, um, I'm very privileged to be able to present my music. I mean, you know, to present your music anywhere is a privilege, really. Yeah. But um, to have have this platform of the jazz festival and um, have the musicians that I'm playing with and have the have the options to show these different sides of my artistic voices, um, it's a, it's a real privilege. I'm, I'm a lucky human. Yeah, yeah. We're 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 excited to see you this week. Miley Manzanza, thank you for coming on B-Side Stories. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs>